This is Minnesota Liberty, brought to you by the Libertarian Party of Minnesota, bringing you peace, prosperity, and freedom from the land of 10,000 lakes. Next week, we'll go back to that. So I was going to introduce my co-host, TJ Hawthorne. Um, he's another member of our party, too. So go ahead, introduce good yourself. Good evening. How are you doing, Rebecca? It's good yeah. to see you. Good to finally get this opportunity to get on the podcast. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. So tonight, today we're going to talk about probably every libertarian's, like, probably, like, top 10 favorite things to talk about. So marijuana. Right. Yeah. Definitely um, my top 10. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I feel like, I though, I need to... Um, say this first, just for full transparency, I actually have no idea what I'm talking about. So I've never smoked anything, never done anything before. So yeah, I'm going to rely on y'all's expertise. Well, it's interesting. I uh, have been quite a smoker and a user, whatever, uh, recreationally, but I'm no expert. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Uh, It's it's kind of all the same to me. Sure, there's differences and I can tell them, but I can't tell you this is Pineapple Express or anything like that. That's, I have no idea, but I'm willing to learn. And I think Kara has a lot of knowledge. Yeah. So Kara Schultz is our, um, going to be our guest today. And I just learned something. I didn't know Pineapple Express was a thing. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and bring her into this. This is a scene in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so hi, Kara. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm I'm in the middle of my drug empire right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, so perfect setting. So we wanted to bring you on and we kind of talked about, you know, you have a shop that does this kind of thing. And in addition to that, Minnesota recently had um, legislation go through Mm -hmm. that changed the laws that around marijuana in the state. So I guess first introduce yourself and, um, you know, describe your store a little bit. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So I own a, a little gem of a store. Um, it is like 150 square feet. So very tiny. Um, and it's in Burnsville, Minnesota. And uh, I it's focused around uh, products that bring wellness to people's life. So I'm a herbalist, um, which I think is a passion that you share, Rebecca. Yeah. And so I, you know, I make medicinal teas. Um, I have, you know, like the, the mushroom coffee replacement, um, I have topicals, face serums, hair serums, all kinds of stuff. And then I also have, uh, different types of CBD products, whether it's CBD tinctures on their own or combined with, um, different herbs and mushrooms. And then I also have uh, hemp drive THC, whether it's gummies or beverages. So, okay. yeah, so that's the the kind of little store that I have. So what kind of things did you have to do to get the store up and running? So many hoops. So <laughs> every time I read a news article that talks about how there's just new regulation and it's been the wild rest, I laugh and cry all at the same time. Um, so when Minnesota legalized hemp drive THC, there was this idea that there was just no regulation. Anything was going there. There's, there was so much regulation already. And that was just on that little tiny snip of a bill. Um, it already had labeling requirements on there of what you had to have on your label. Um, you can't have a jar that you can see through. Like that was already a thing. Um, You had to have a ton of information on it, which usually meant you had to go with like a little QR code because there's no way you could fit all the information Mm -hmm. that they were requiring on a label. You had to, you know, label what it was. It could only be five milligrams in a gummy. You could only have 10 10 servings in a jar. Um, You know, it it already had to be lab tested both to know what's in it and also to know, you know, are there heavy metals? Is there pesticides? Like all that kind of stuff. So there was already a, a great deal of regulation on the product. Um, additionally, they they allowed cities to 
um, place regulations on there. And many cities, what they did is they placed a moratorium, could not open a store, could not sell any any THC products, you know, within within that city. Um, others did like a ten thousand dollar registration fee. Um, for small business, that's right. you know that's easy. That's just yeah. well, yeah. I mean, you know, what ifs? Um, yeah, you know, they already had it where you have to have your products where where people can't get at it. You can only sell to people twenty one and older. So, you know, this laughable idea that it was just the wild west and we needed to come in and do all this regulation on the hemp products that were just legalized in August uh, is laughable. Uh, then there's all the other hoops because of the feds. So to get insurance, you can't just go to your regular insurance agent and get insurance for your store. It's a special kind of insurance. And there's only a few insurers in the country that will even touch it. Um, so I, I'm insured by a company out of Wisconsin who subcontracted it to a company on the East Coast. Uh, you know, they did like a video walkthrough of my store. The documentation that I had to provide took me months, months to get through. For the insurance only or? For the insurance. So, and, and even still, I'll get a little note like you know, they were saying, okay, well, you have to, our thing now is you have to have your product has to be stored in a safe. If it's a THC product, it has to be stored in a safe at night and it can't be a little safe. It has to be a safe, a person can't move. And so like I had to show, you know, update my package and show, um, the product and give the specifications of the safe, you know, and, let me tell you, when you're talking about a safe that you can't move, this is not a cheap safe. No doubt. You're not going to Walmart and getting your safe. Like, that's not the deal. You know, and and you get to banking, um, even though it's hemp and not marijuana, because marijuana, there would be absolutely flat out no way I could get a bank account. Um, you know, I called other stores. Who will even bank with you? So there are exactly two banks in our state that will work with stores that sell hemp products. Which ones are those? Do you mind? I mean, I, I, I'm so, interested. Uh, um, so Federal Bank out of Austin, Minnesota is one of them. I can't remember the name of the other one, but it is a um, Twin Cities bank. And my friend Brady's going to kill me because it's the bank he works for. Well, and, and is that like their choice, their leadership in that bank that says F it, I'm going to, I'm going to support these businesses kind of thing. Yeah. I'd like to, if that's the case, then I would. are doing it at great risk because sure. the, yeah, the risk is that the feds are going to come in and it is an extremely real risk because the feds do come in like they no. do. And I have, when was that? I mean, I know I, that has happened. I guess I don't know with the marijuana cannabis stores how uh, when was the last time feds did something about I completely ignorant it's a question that I don't know. So right? they do. They've been doing sweeps and lately they've been doing things like targeting um some of and these are even just hemp products THCO um HHC so those are all hemp derived products. We're not even into marijuana yet. And the feds are doing raids and seizing assets of stores. So it just depends. You know, they get a wild hair and yep. there you go. Uh, and, and you just don't know. Like, you don't know if that's going to happen. So it, it was a ton of hoops that I had to jump through with the bank, which I finally, I got a bank account. I can't get a credit card. I got a debit card. I'm not allowed a credit card for my business. Um, and just two weeks ago, I would, my, my bank audited me, you know, <laughs> you know, which they're going to do periodic audits, you know, they have to make sure so that they are not shut down or disallowed from doing business banking. Like 
they have to make sure all these things. I had to take a picture of every product, every label. I had to take a picture of how things are displayed in the store. I had to give them my policy and procedures for how I check ID. Like it's a long list. Just getting a cash register, a point of sale system took four months. And it was because, you know, everyone was using Square because Square had a cannabis program, which was really just hemp. But they decided, oh, my end of day sales report. <laughs> um, Good news, they, I hope. Um, they, you know, they decided they just, they really weren't going to take new people into the program. I had, I was going to be purchasing the point of sale that day when I got the message. Like I had jumped through all their hoops. Okay, well then I start over. Okay, well, what other point of sale system can I use? So I, I tried another one. I jumped through all of their hoops. I placed my order. The next day, the sales rep calls me back and says, oh my God, I, I killed your order. Corporate came in and they're not going to work with anyone that hasn't been in business for at least one year. Back to square one. Back to square one. So then I got Ovi and the salesperson for Ovi has bent over backwards just to make it so that I can take credit cards. Now this time my store has been open and I'm like using Venmo and cash, which doesn't look shady at all. Yeah. The understandable, the, the optics there, but you're doing it and yeah. I'm happy that you keep on plugging. That is awesome. Yeah, so the federal agency that is this, does this fall under the ATF? So this is a mix. Uh, a lot of what has other businesses scared is all federal crap. And whether that is um, ATF, the FDA, mm-hmm. um, Department of Agriculture. I mean, there's a long list of federal agencies that are just in this business. The FBI. Um, Well, that was one of one of the questions that I'd written down when you were talking about those regulations right when you started to to understand who actually enforces. Well, that really answers it because that yes, it's endless cloud it's endless. of, of idiocracy there of the feds that yeah. But when I think of yeah. when I think of the the lunacy that just happened in the Minnesota legislature, and I watched a lot, I paid the most attention this year that I ever have, and I really saw some funny people that are elected and in the way they talk and I think and in the way they brought up all these things that we can we're going to talk about in a minute hopefully of, of you know the the regulations or the rules that are in these bills who the, who enforces that really right I, I I feel like okay legalize it and and 80 percent of this state think, it just like you said before, oh, wow, wow, west. Now everybody's going to be a pothead and all these different yeah. doomsday things over uh, this plant that, what well, we know, you know, and everybody watching this knows plenty of potheads that are just whatever. And, and, and it's not even just like Rebecca said, it's not about being a pothead or anything. I love yep. what Kara's doing. There's a lot of wellness to be had with this plant and with all kinds of different things. And it's, it's just the stranglehold. And I wish. I wish there was enough cash or whatever that every and foot traffic that you didn't have to worry about the point of sale thing. You know what I mean? And yeah, it is a bummer that I got to tell you when I learned that, that um, the new bill passed and knowing that how it was going to affect businesses, because I take um, just CBD oil, like it's, that's all it is. Right. Uh, Just, I take that daily because when that first became legal to be able to have just straight out of the stores, I had been in an IED in 2004 and since then had gone through daily uncontrollable migraines, like pain medication didn't work. Nothing was working. Nothing anybody could. And, you know, like being in that kind of a situation makes it so that there are some days you're like, I can't keep doing this. Right. So I, when they made it so that CBD was accessible, I started taking it. And I realized immediately, like it was 
it probably took about a week. I'm not even sure, but one day I just was like, wait a second, I'm not having headaches, you know, yes. or at least I'm having manageable kinds of headaches. Like it's not yeah. debilitating. And I have, and that completely coincides with taking the CBD daily. And I have never regressed back to what it was prior to taking the CBD. So when I heard that, you know, it, the bill, it passed, it could have the potential of making CBD less accessible because of the regulations and, you know, the things that stores would have to do in the state to have it. I went stocked up. I've got like two years um, sitting, you know, in a cabinet on the shelf because I'm like, I am unwilling to go back to what my life was before, you know, before I was able to get that. So that's well, story. You're, you're the farmer. I, I imagine the way to cultivate it is, I can't, it can't be that difficult considering no. all the other things that you do around there. <laughs> I think that the, my biggest hang up is going to be that the cost of seeds is extraordinary right now. So oh, like really? if, when we do end up buying something that um, I'm going to have to figure out, cause there's, you know, like tomatoes, um, cannabis is, I think there's like 1200 different varieties or something yeah. like that of cannabis. Oh. Um, so in each one has a different, you know, level of, you know, their, their uh, chemical composition or, you know, whatever it is on the inside, they're right. all going to be a little bit different. And so trying to find the one that A is going to work and B, I can, you know, keep growing and not have to pay an extraordinary amount for seeds to keep that going. So something that, you know, is not just, you know, a one-time purchase, but that I can reproduce my own seeds and keep that going that way too. That's going to be... Sure. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. all unknown territory at this point. <laughs> well, and a lot of people are excited about the grow provision. And when we look yeah. at the bill, I mean, there's some there's a lot of good in the bill, and then there's some not good in the bill, and there's just some bewildering crap in the bill. Um, there's a crap ton of regulation in the in the bill, like every other state. Like they looked at every other state, and they were like, "How could we regulate this just a little more?" Um, <laughs> and that's what they did. I think that's uh, Minnesota. That's, that's how they approach everything. It's, it's yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the provision that there was two provisions that got the most attention. The first one is expungement, which, you know, I, I really support the expungement. Um, the, the challenge on that one is the automatic expungement is, is really just for like simple possession type of thing. Um, if, if you have, any type of modifier with it, then you need to go in front of a board um, if it's, you know, like violent or that type of thing. Now, keep in mind, simple resisting arrest could be considered violent. And a lot of times that's just a charge that's thrown on top, like you pushed your arm or something, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, or, you know, you were a dick to the cop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, guess what? We're going <laughs> to put this on to, right? You know, so, you know, there is a little challenge on, on that. Um, but it will be good to at least get the expungement process started for people. Um, the other provision of course is being able to grow your own, but the thing is on growing your own, you can't do that outside. Uh, it needs to be grown inside and it needs to be in a locked room and, we need to check a little more on the wording. It appears that it needs to be like a purpose room. Like you can't have that room be other things. You know what okay. I'm saying? You know, which is fine. Um, the other funky thing about it is you can grow eight plants, but if you harvest eight plants, unless you are like the worst marijuana grower ever, uh, the amount that you're going to harvest is over the amount you're allowed and, and it's a felony level. Well, you give so, it away to your friends. Right. And you can. You can give two ounces away at a time to friends, um, you know, so you can do that. You don't have to show Providence, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, that, so that starts August 1st. Now, July 1st, here's my shopping tip to everybody. Um, if you want to buy any CBD products, any THC products, you better stock up before July 1st because July 1st is when the sales tax takes effect. 
So with the 10% on top of the like eight ish percent that you already pay, um, you're now looking at like an 18% sales tax on any CBD or THC product that you're buying. So if you want to save some money, uh, do so before July 1st. So, I mean, there's different provisions that are hitting at different times. October 1st, if you sell any CBD products or you sell any THC products, you need to register with the state. It doesn't cost anything at this point, but now they want to keep an eye on you, right? You're on the list. Um, they already have it that a bunch of products were categorically made illegal on May 30th, I believe was the date on that. Um, so there were a lot of products that were made illegal. So HHC was made illegal. Um, smokables were made illegal. Vaping was made illegal. Um, uh, beverages over a certain amount, like they you used to be able to find like beverages with 50 milligrams in it. Cause they would say, Oh, there's there's five right. servings in this can, you know, well, they've, they've capped that now. So you can have a maximum of 20. Um, but so you had a lot of stores that just gave everything away because they, they, they passed it and the date hit and they were like, I have like four days, I have four days to liquidate my inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so we have all of these, all of these dates that are hitting, but for those of you who are thinking, you know, I would like to open a store and I would like to sell marijuana. Um, just our little jotting down of what it would cost to do the compliance, right? And all the registration and open your store um, and have some modest operating fees, right? Um, very modest. Uh, and also to compete with the large corporations that are coming in, like they're already coming in. The whole thing about how they were going to protect small business, yeah, that went right out the window. Uh, we're talking about 300000 to start. Oof. So <laughs> when I first joined the LP, I learned what a gray market is. Yes. It's, so... This is kind of where it's like this provision of grow your own and give it away to your friends. This is, I was in Boston years ago when it was new there and duber.com. I bought a $60 t-shirt with a black pot leaf on it. It says duber.com. Yep. It came with a couple carts. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, bring it. I don't know. The anarchist in me just wants to say, have all your regulations you want. We're going to have what we want over here. And and the, again, who enforces that, right? That's where it's like. Local. Right. And so. Your local, your local place will coffee. be enforcing it. Yeah. And, and they're the ones that are tasked with it. So yeah. we have another unfunded mandate. Well, and we I think and, and, and chiefs should say whatever. They never, they, most of them probably haven't given a shit about Weed anyways. So they don't. The only thing they care about is the same as alcohol. Just don't get all blasted up and drive. Yeah. hundred percent. Maintain. Well, again, listening to those legislators that last night or the, the last night of the bill when they were discussed, I, I was cringing every time. And the ignorance there is blows my mind that these people really do live some kind of sheltered life of not understanding anything and not giving you the time of day to really understand what you're what the strife is when you blab about small businesses. Well, we know it's all BS. So right. there's that. Mm -hmm. It is absolute BS. And those people are who they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I already no. swore once. I don't know if this is where libertarians but <laughs> The maddening part was you had, you had people who should be your allies in this who are pushing for legalization, right? But they were they they were just shutting everyone out, right? They were tunnel focused and they really wanted to get it passed. And this is just my impression of watching how things played out. They were willing to do, let's make a deal for whatever we had to do to get this legislation passed. And I think for 
a, a small, tightly knit group of them. They were looking at it as, I don't want people getting arrested for a plant anymore. I want the expungement. Like that whole thing is crazy and has to go. Unfortunately, through some of the horse trading and that type of thing, you almost took out the whole category of, of misdemeanor administrative tickets. And so now it's either like totally illegal or you're a felon. Like there's really not anything in between. And like a lot of new felonies were created, like a whole, whole category of that. But I think they were just, they were very focused on whatever we have to do to, to get this done. And then you had all these other, um, you know, state house and Senate critters that know nothing about this topic at all. Um, they're getting a lot of stuff thrown at them. So they're just, they're on overload. They don't want to know anything. They're just asking party leadership. How do I vote? How do I vote? Um, but they may have a few concerns because, you know, they were shopping at Target and Gladys stopped them and had a conversation. Right. And so they I will vote for this, but only if you do this. I will vote for this, but only if you do this. And that's how that's how you get monster bills with a ton of really weird, awful regulation and increased felonies and, and that type of thing. So those people should be your allies and they're not. And <laughs> And then you have the people who don't want to pass it. And you're like, you're supposed to be the small government people, but all you can talk about is reefer madness crap from the seventies, you know? Unreal. <laughs> it really is under a rock. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, so I last summer for you. Last summer, they accidentally legalized, um, oh, shoot, what was it? It was THC. It was because there was already one that was legal. Yeah. And yep. no, there was another one legalized last summer, but that they just didn't read the bill and yep. accidentally legalized it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, well, that, some just of the that were coming out, like, and I know TJ, you were watching it too, and it's just, it, it was mind blowing the level of ignorance. And then you start to think, well, not everybody can know everything about everything. Um, many people who are elected to office don't know the areas of, of whatever that they're being asked to. It's a great point. To, to do a bill on, right? Mm -hmm. And to vote on. And many times it's complex. Um, the language of the bills is oftentimes very complex. Uh, but quite frankly, there's no upside to them learning about anything. Like there's really no upside to them. You know, if they, if they try to be diligent and learn about everything, number one, they can't, it's just not possible. They can't even read these bills hmm. with how they're thrown at them. And so fast, they can't even read them to research them at all would take, I, I can't even tell you how much longer. And then you look at that for every bill and every, every area. That's why we get piles of shit. That's yes. why we get piles of shit laws. Omnibus. So do you think that next year, next um, legislative session, that there's opportunity for them to improve what they just passed? Or do you think that they're willing to even consider that? I think there will be some areas that they will improve. The areas that I don't think that they will improve are the highly regulatory areas because oh, that is what they want. That's, that's yeah. what they want. Um, they, they were very clear that they wanted to legalize, but they wanted it highly, highly regulated. So mission accomplished. Check yeah. that box. When at the fair, I went and talked with the hemp owners co-op or hemp growers co-op. And the one lady that invited me and Jeremy over there, uh, I got to talking with her and that's all she wanted. She's yes. like, I just want regulation. I'm like, well, what? That's how we I want regulatory capture in the first place. to prevent other people from coming into the market. Yeah. So I have the cash flow to hire attorneys. That's what that means. Exactly. So 
when I said that to her, she didn't like me very much. Because that's exactly <laughs> no. what I told her. No, and they they know it. Yeah, I know. There's a few businesses that are not particularly happy with with me Two either. That's absolutely the truth. And, but here's the thing: like I I have access to something that most people trying to start a small business do not have access to. My husband is an attorney. So I have access to levels of knowledge of how to do things or figure out how sure. to do things that most people do not do not have that access. And quite frankly, you know, and I'm, I'm not a stupid person. I read legislation frequently. Um, you know, I've owned owned businesses, you know, I could not have started this business without an attorney. I could not. It was, it's not possible, not possible. And that was with a much, much lower level of regulation. So absolutely, there are larger business owners that have deeper pockets that use regulation, pushing for regulation to protect their market share. And they were the ones that were speaking out on the bill saying, we love this, pass it as is we're so excited for this opportunity they were so excited for the opportunity to kill competition that's what they were excited yeah. for hmm. oh it is it is sad to realize this but we we already know this but it, this, this is the kind of stuff that our message need needs to be a hundred things but th these are the things that i do talk to folks about sometimes and and they all the time well that's what it is that's who they are they're politicians it's like well here i am we that doesn't mean we have to accept it yeah right if we can get... accepting shit. yeah it's unreal and and then if you go any deeper then i'm the dickhead talking politics whatever so i'll shut up i'll shut up but when does it end until we're going to be starving or whatnot i i really don't know because i do think of the the logical conclusion to all this madness it's just going to blow it up to explode you know well that's i mean so i i like reading history i mean that's you know oh, that the ebb fall. and flow of human history is that people eventually there is a breaking point and at some point that will happen mm -hmm. and then you know as a result it's just the way it works and yeah. it's you know you don't have to excuse you know their people's reactions, but you can understand it because people don't want to put themselves into that position. People who would otherwise be peaceful had they just been left alone. Yeah. Right. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I totally agree that that's, we're just the folks that are trying to get that realization out there that, yeah, go watch your NBA, your NFL fun games and stuff. And, and that's cool, but understand what's behind a lot of this stuff and, and yes. that stuff and whatever, but read and correct. Yeah. It's always yeah. there. And, and that folks do get annoyed with me because everything that somebody wants to complain, Oh, well, I'll tell you what the state is reason why the state is why you're complaining. It's the state. So this yeah. also reiterates in my mind, why shopping local, and small business is so important. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, so I live in a town where we don't have a lot of, um, uh, I guess it has increased in the last 10 years, but corporate resources, I guess is what yeah. I would say, yeah. you know, like corporate business, we have a lot of small town stores. That's just the nature of living so rural, right? Um, and, but, you know, where that really comes into play is that when people are more willing to spend, even if it's a little extra, you know, at a small town or not a small town, small business, um, where it's going to make a bigger impact because people that are running small businesses, we're, we're not getting rich off of those things, right? That's just helping make the bills, buy the groceries, you know, maybe like, you know, piano lessons for the kids or something, you know, that's what you're supporting when you do that. It's not just going to some corporate giant's yeah. pocket and getting lost. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when I was speaking out on this bill, which, you know, I, there were portions of it, very specific portions that, you know, we were asking 
to be changed. And we kept getting told, don't worry to be changed. Don't worry to be changed. I knew that was a lie, but you know, other people believed it. And that was kind of sad. Um, but the response that I started to, to get, especially from um, advocates for marijuana legalization was you're just being greedy. You're just being self-interested and greedy. And I'm thinking, well, number one, people get to make a living. And let's be clear, I am not yet making a living. When you're running a business in its first year, you're running in the red. You are not taking any money. Like seven years. It's <laughs> it is a it is a black hole that you are throwing your assets in and your time and your agony, like everything, right? So I'm like, yeah, all that. I'm, I'm, yep, totally greedy. That's the deal. Um, but people get to make a living. Like that's mm -hmm. not a bad thing. People get to make a living. But number two, the people that come into my store and I have nothing against head shops, nothing against head shops. It's just a different clientele. Okay. The, the clientele that come into my store are looking for, for help with specific wellness needs. And, you know, when you walk into my store, I have a chair across the counter. There's another chair because people immediately sit down and they want to tell me what's going on in their life that they either want, you know, they want to correct or go better or, or that type of thing. And then I make suggestions. If it were me, this is what I would do. And I give them options and I explain all the options. Sometimes THC is an option. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes CBD is an option. Sometimes, it, you know, it, it's very individualized, but I, I let them know if it were me, this is what I would do and why. So it's very consultative, right? That takes time. I'm not, you know, people aren't just running in and out. Um, so it, it's not about greed. I got into this to help people because I had to take charge of my wellness in the same way that Rebecca had to take charge of her wellness. She suffered, with, you know, after, after an IED, which yep. is an ungodly traumatic thing on multiple levels. You know, and for me, it was going through a, a cancer diagnosis, you know, so when you're told it's a 6% chance you're on the right side of the dirt in two years, you know, like yeah. you just, you have to figure it out. And you, you know, if you just go on autopilot, you're going to die. I, I can't, I can't be more blunt than that when you're faced with that type of diagnosis and even doing everything right, you're probably still going to die. That's just, that's just, oh, I mean, there's a hundred percent chance of yeah. for all of us. You know, I mean, you know, but I, you know, as much as I knew about herbalism before that forced me to get really serious and get multidisciplinary. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized, um, through my cancer support groups, no one else really knew any of this information, like anything. And a lot of it is normal information like in Norway, in Japan, like in, in different parts of the world, in Ireland, absolutely normal, just a normal part of their treatment. So, you know, I, I wanted to have this type of store because I want to help people. So, you know, when, when people are, are saying in response to me saying, look, not only am I, will I be out of business, you know, cause I will. I probably got a year and then I'm done. Like that's just how it is. Um, but my customers, you know, not just that I can't meet with them, but they made a whole swath of products illegal. And these are products that people were using in their wellness that they're getting really good results from, you know, like CBD. It's not psychoreactive. You don't get high off CBD, but they made a huge swath of CBD illegal most probably like you can possess it rebecca but you cannot be able to buy the cbd oh yeah that's why i stocked up yeah <laughs> and that's crazy that is absolutely crazy and even when they're talking about products like hhc which is um it's a lab thc like I'm, heard of I'm not it. gonna pretend it's you know it's yeah. naturally occurred. it's not but 
it's really exciting in this area of of some of these lab created because they're they're looking at what are these what are these little compounds within hemp and then what can we get like these best little teeny teeny parts and replicate and make better so hhc some people take it recreationally because it's a very slow ramp up it's like a two-hour ramp up you're high for six maybe eight hours and it's a two-hour ramp down i know taking a note by hhc yeah we're <laughs> looking at it and they're like yeah like that's what i want but what what was a really good application for it is people who wake up repeatedly in the night right their problem with sleep is not getting to sleep it's staying asleep through the night and so they're just they're like zombies when you have a slow release product that just stays steady through the whole night you had people sleeping through the night for the first time in years and years and years and the impact on a person's you know we, we kind of treat sleep like it's nothing you know like oh i got a bad night's sleep whatever the health impacts of not getting sleep it takes years off your life yeah yeah that out takes years off your life you know not to mention your quality of life so you know no i'm not greedy no the other retailers and farmers are not not greedy mm. like we want to make a living and we want to do really good for our community and we want to contribute to people's wellness thank you kara really that you that means a lot to me i i really do agree with your perspective your everything that you're doing here i really do appreciate and i know a lot of folks do and it really is sad that the state, and I don't mean Minnesota. You you know what I mean by the state. The whole and, nation. The, well, well just, even bigger just than that. Right? It's, it's it's like let us do this because look at and it's not even like because look at the benefits. It's like what am what do you care? Right? right. Isn't that what lately is? Why do you care? Why do you care that we're doing this? There's reasons to care about some yeah. things, but someone using an herb to get better in their life. And you are such a prime example, Kara, both of you ladies, really, it is such a great example of how you can be better without big pharma. And of course, there we go back to reasoning. Why, what, what's driving all this reefer madness, right? Is the dang pharmaceutical companies. And again, just like you said, in Norway and Japan and all these other places where they don't have drug commercials that say you're going to get greasy discharge or whatnot, they <laughs> they don't exist. They don't have that because the mentality in these places is different. Whatever it is, the propaganda and the marketing is ridiculous. So in yeah, the- we're very focused on the front end of health and wellness. We're focused on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. Like live your life however you want and then your health is shit and we'll fix you, right? So that's that's kind of our our view of great. when we talk about yeah. health and wellness, that's what we're talking about, right? And their view of health and wellness is let's let's do everything we can to impact the front end so that we can live healthier lives and have better quality of life for a longer time so that we're not getting into these things. Like when you have adult set diabetes here, um, it's going to be insulin. Like that's that's the first thing that's gonna happen. And there, they're gonna really work with you on diet. And it's not a shaming thing. It's, they're gonna be very detailed instead of just saying, well, you know, cut down on your calories, but giving you no real help at all. You know, they're very focused on let's work together and come up with an individualized way of eating. Um, and we're going to slowly incorporate some movement that you enjoy. Not, we're not going to punish you with exercise and call you a fatty so that, you know, so that you can avoid, you know, we're going to work on that first. And we understand that we're not going to have amazing results right away you know, it's, it's just a very, very different mindset. And we culturally have a different mindset on 
on health and wellness. Convenience so, factor, right? Take a pill, take a shot. And be yeah, and I get it. It is convenient. I'm part of that culture. I completely 100% get it. Like, you know, I preach wellness, but let me tell you, like it was a beautiful night on my deck the other night and I killed an amazing Cabernet. Like that whole <laughs> bottle, like shook that last goddamn drop out. Beautiful. So, you know, I like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I got my shit all together. I, you know, none of us do. So. Well, and health is a lifelong pursuit, right? So you have to, it's always something you have to be proactive. You have to just kind of keep at it and your body changes as you age. I mean, that's just, that's a you know, fact. I was going to bring up that um, I'm just, I was, I was trying to Google it to make, sure that, yeah, to make sure I was accurate, but I couldn't find it. Anyways, somewhere from the depths of my memory, I remember that Rockefeller in the early 20s or 30s, I don't remember what decade, whichever, you know, when, when he was, you know, rich and one of those big names in the United States, right? Yes. And legacy still lives on. So one of the ways that he impacted the country early on was he was one of the main financial contributors for the American medical system. Like he really helped prop it up. Although he himself for managing his own self or his own health managed it through you know, natural right. remedies and that kind of stuff. But when it came to, you know, um, for somebody like him and seeing a marketer. You know, potential for, you know, more wealth and more power and control, he tagged on to the American medical system early on. And that's what helped it really get its, um, its founding and made it what it is today. So there you go. Yeah. You know, there and also he was a eugenist. So it wasn't yeah. like, you know, he didn't, he didn't believe that everybody deserved to live, you know, so completely contradictory. No. And, you know, when you look at, you know, you know, in, in the same field, but also, and same people, um, but looking at marijuana and hemp and, you know, how, how that happened, that something that was so ubiquitous became so demonized and illegal, like even just hemp. Propaganda. Yeah, yeah it, it was propaganda. I mean, you had people who had commercial interests and wanted the hemp industry killed um, for their own commercial interests because they had a competing product. They had, you know, some type of wood pulp product, right? And, or they had um, a cotton product or a linen product or that type of thing. And hemp was going to, hemp was really cutting into that. You also had, um, you had marijuana at the same time that was being looked at uh, really this, we have this, this same conversation that we have about drugs and it's been since the absolute beginning, like the, the first time we had these types of drug laws was way back in California. And it was, it was really, it was racism pointed at Chinese immigrants that were coming in. The drug of choice then was opium. It was opium madness. Uh, and the cartoons were all about how white women were going to smoke opium and Chinese men were going to have sex with them. Like that was the whole propaganda piece. And you can find these cartoons. Mm -hmm. I've seen um, you can find uh, news, newspaper articles written about it. You can find speeches in Congress about it. And it was, it was a way, it was a way to demonize Chinese immigrants and try to push them out. Right. So then they repeated that and they, they just find different drugs to repeat that. It's this same thing over and over. So when they were uh, making marijuana illegal, it was, well, you know, white women will smoke it and they will have sex with black men. And also when black men smoke marijuana, they become six times stronger and the police can't even subdue them. They just go crazy. So, you know, you oh, had, yeah. And it was the same cartoons. Like you can you can match these cartoons up. And then it was crack. And then it was, you know, so it's it's the same story because it works every time. Like it works every time. Well, fear is a fear is a number one seller. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. 
That's why you can't. That's why it's so hard for truth and honesty to win because the fear will sell and scare the shit out of enough people to say, well, you do make sense, TJ, but I, you know, you're not going to win. So I'm just going to no. go win. But what if, and then some, you know, scenario at the end, like this is the, you know, hypothetical scenario we're trying to avoid. It hasn't happened yet, but should it happen? We've already avoided it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Prohibition is just ugly. Anytime you go to the root of prohibition, it it's always, it, it is just a poisonous tree and we get poisonous fruit from it. I feel like whenever I see ban, the word ban of anything, right? And even though then I did just see something about the, the red dye 40, blah, 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 and all the things that are banned in other countries, but we sell them here. I'm still not into a ban. You know what I mean? We need to change the incentive structure of, right? Because it, it equals wellness. If you don't have those things, we can, right. We can have these folks say, well, look at Norway and their social or Sweden, their socialist system there. We should have it here. Well, not necessarily that there's apples, oranges there. And a lot of things, there's a lot of nuance to, if you want to say your economic system or this or whatever, but here it's capitalism incentive structure. It needs to be different. Uh, and, and how we do that, we really just need, uh, the message to the people, education to the folks. And and they really, whatever red pill they need to swallow, it ha- we got to find it. And we, I know the three of us and the other few hundreds of us in, in Minnesota and, and whatever, this Libertarian Party, I know believe that everybody's a Libertarian. They just don't know it yet. I, I, people just need to find the path. And the challenge is that we we destroy that spark of freedom when children are very small and we do it in odd ways that we don't even really think about and i don't think people are even cognizant of um for example when you used to be when you sent your kids to kindergarten um you know you got your pack of crayons and you had your name on everything right um so that you kept your things together and you had the little desktop that flipped up and you put all your little things in there. And part of that was you needed to keep track of your things. You needed to keep them in good order, you know, so it taught you those types of behaviors. Um, Then there was concern that some kids don't have crap, you know, I mean, like either their family doesn't care or they don't have money or, or whatever. And, you know, like I did not have the box of, of 64 crayons with the built-in sharpener. And I cannot tell you like how much envy I had for people that had that. Right. Yes. But that was a learning experience for me to, to get over that, right. To, to deal with that. But then there was an idea of, you know, that is, that is difficult for kids. That's difficult for kids to have that feeling and to have it pushed in their face. So instead of that, what you do is everyone brings their things and it's put into the community, right? So it's a community property. And what that teaches kids early on is that you don't own things, that the better way of handling things is for all of us to put it in the middle and you just divide it up or use it as you need, right? So from a very, very young age, we take people's brains and we groove them into certain thought patterns. And it makes it more and more difficult for people to even comprehend of, of nonviolent interaction, you know, non-force, nonviolent interaction. Um, no, that's a great one. I, 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 I never thought of the school supplies one like that, but that is such a perfect uh, point analogy, I guess, or or I don't know if that would be the right story there. I can't so, wait to talk about that with my wife. <laughs> we only have a few minutes left, um, but I wanted to make sure that we hit on this because people, uh, lat- well, anyways, last week I had Toby Leonard on 
talking about the gun laws in Minnesota. And one of the things that we talked about uh, was that even with Minnesota legalizing marijuana, there is still a provision with federal gun laws that you, if you have are in possession of marijuana, yep. Yep. you are still not allowed to exercise your Second Amendment rights. That so, is correct. Um, this law doesn't change that. You can't have both. And until that changes federally, um, yeah, that we're just we're stuck with that. So you got it. Even with this law change, with uh, legal- again, with who who enforces that? We don't oh, have the yeah. guys driving around. They so, won't that. Yeah, in the, in the country, there would be the three S's, right? You know, like uh, shoot, shovel, and shut up. Yep. Um, so just don't talk about it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if that's you, don't advertise it. But just so you know that if you get caught, this is an offense that they can get you on. Always right? has been. And, yes, and it, it is. But people are under the assumption that, oh, it's legal. Therefore, mm-hmm. this law doesn't apply anymore. And people don't understand how, you know, there's different layers within our jurisdictions, right? For right. for governing behavior. Um, and so they, they don't understand that it is still going to be illegal. What happens is, say you have a medical emergency and police often get there first before the ambulance Mm -hmm. Um, because they may be nearer and they can start CPR or they can do something like that. They enter the home and they see, oh, there's a pinch hitter out. And I also see like a firearm somewhere, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so now you're on the hook. And I will tell you a lot of times you are on the hook. They're going to prosecute you. Like that is going to happen. You get pulled over for speeding or whatever, that kind of thing. And, you know, the first thing they, you know, I'm going to have you step out. Is there anything that could harm me? Right. Right. You got to cough up on that. I'm just going to tell you right now, if they find it and you didn't tell them your life is in Minnesota, you're obligated to say something. You got to cough it up. Um, And then, Oh, what's in your pocket. Oh, oh, right. So it's, they're going to, they're going to find it by happenstance and other things. And then you're not looking at a speeding ticket. You're not looking at, oh, you had a heart attack. (laughs) You're looking at a felony. This is a felony offense. And, and it'll follow you the rest of your life. It it will affect you being able to get a home loan. It will affect you being able to get a job. Um, You know, if, if you're someone that wants to go into the military, it will affect that. Um, Yeah. That's an automatic disqualifier. Yeah. It, you know, there's, you know, has been be a first time home buyer. You will not get that first time home buyer loan. You will not get. uh, Well, So here's the thing, ladies, we, 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 all that has been the case, and I yes. and I think we're 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 working on changing the culture mm-hmm. here because that's all it takes is that that person officer of that loan. That's their decision. This the police officer that you know I. I'm not a fan of the cops, obviously, but I'm <laughs> trying my best to change the culture. So yeah. I befriend these cops yep. to, and try to get in why. Why do they want to do this and maybe change this? And yeah. and I have really, I would say majority of the cops I know, if they pulled somebody over and, and they had weed and, and, and then said, yes, I have my firearm also right here. Have a great day. Get home safe. I, I now granted, I know there's plenty of libertarians watching this. Maybe if they are watching this would say you're a dumbass. And, and but I, I think that's just how it has to move. Not just the children. We need to change the culture mm-hmm. of everything. And and I think I'm not, I'm not saying everybody needs to be friend cops. I'm just saying I am in my town because this is going to happen in my house. There is okay. weed and there are firearms. We have 30 seconds left and I would okay. love to. <laughs> so I am strict instructions. This has to be done at 60 minutes and I have 30 seconds. So we need, I think we're going to need to have maybe an episode just strictly on this. Yeah. 
try to figure that out in the future. But I wanted to make sure that everybody that's watching, lpmn.org, if you want to become part of the party, um, you know, you can go there to um, become a member, get, uh, you know, cool t-shirts, find out more information. And um, yeah, I wish I'd brought that up about 15 minutes earlier. Sorry. <laughs> so, but thank Thanks you. Sarah. For post. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll, uh, we're actually going to see you next week, but for something totally different. So good job. Thanks, ladies. Earlier. Sorry. <laughs> so, but thank you for that and post. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and uh, we'll, uh, we're actually going to see you next week, but for something totally different. So good job. Thanks, ladies. <laughs>